Pat Stews, six pack abs can do it better than Chad Drew. And if the tart is Picard is drinking Picardy with Peter Capaldi as Doc Who. They all travel in time like they're Marty to stories that end where they started like part two. Now we stand on top of the mountain with our heads held high. We're billions of counting, holding our lightsabers up to the sky. And we're shouting with one voice out loud. Hey, that's just a sample of We Are Nerds, which is the brand new single by me, Justin Timpain, one half of Trek Off. So listen, go on iTunes and get it for yourself. It's only 99 cents. It's also on Amazon. It's on Spotify. It's wherever you buy your music, Google Play, it's going to be there. So look for We Are Nerds. And then you can, if you need to add my name, Justin Timpain, T-I-M-P-A-N-E, it goes to help us make this show. It goes to help us make more songs like that. But please, please get a copy of We Are Nerds. You can see the video on YouTube. That's We Are Nerds. Okay, time for Trek Off. Warning, the following contains plot spoilers and naughty language. That means explicit content. And the comments and opinions expressed herein are for entertainment and commentary purposes only and may not reflect the actual opinions of Geeks Radio or the individual hosts. So don't get mad. It's just a shit. It's time for Trek Off. Enterprise Double D. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. And my name is Alexia. And today! Uh, You know what I'd like to actually start with today? I'd like to start with something today. I would like to say that you are a poopy pooper. That's what I'd like to say. Yes, you're a pooper. What way am I a poopy pooper? You are a poopy pooper because you ruined the surprise. I did. I'm so, I was so Is the Is the surprise me knowing what you're talking about? Is that the surprise? Because I clearly didn't ruin it for myself. (laughs) (laughs) You fucking posted some shit on Facebook. Like, the day after I, like, discovered it in the wild. What's that? So, obviously, it was very sad. David Bowie passing. Yes. Um, I'm a big fan of him. Uh, particularly in Labyrinth. I fucking love that movie. Like, I can quote that movie back to front. Oh, I know what um, we're talking about now. Okay. So, I, in celebration of his life, I put in my, you know, uber special edition of Labyrinth. And I was pretty sure I had watched the special features. Um, but I was like, you know, but I'll watch him again. Because, like, I fucking love this movie. And I love everything about it. And I'm, like, watching the special features and stuff, and they're actually really awesome because they get you, like, it's really behind the scenes. Like, a lot of of talking to the people about the puppeteers, about um, how they make the characters. Like, there was, like, five people that do Hoggle. It's crazy and awesome to see, like, because they basically, like, you've got four people, like, you've got a person, this actress who's inside the costume, who's, like, inside Hoggle. And so she's moving the head and the arms and the body and stuff. And then you've got, like, for other people, for puppeteers, one of them, uh, Jim Henson's son, Brian Henson, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, controlling his facial movements. And, like, they have to be, like, in sync to, like, make one, you know, like, face. Do you know what I mean? Like, to do surprised face. Like, somebody's, you know, doing this part. and some, like, Someone's doing eyebrows. Somebody's doing the top lip. Somebody's doing, you know, the eye roll. Like, it's crazy. You know what I yeah. mean? And it's, it's, to me, super fascinating because there's so much artistry there. Sure. Um, and I'm watching it and like, I'm seeing the, the girl who's, well, I guess she's really a woman, the woman who's in the, um, the, the hoggle costume and she's got, her hands are too small. Right. So they've like created these like big glovey things, uh, to go over her hands to make them bigger. 
And now she's like trying to like do shit with them, right? So it's like she doesn't have the 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 hoggle head on. She's just like in costume and she's like and she's got like the hands on though, and she's like trying to get like a <laughs> I think like a handkerchief out of her pocket. And like <clears throat> there's a woman who's 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 I'm only seeing the back of her head, and she's talking to her, and she's got short red hair. And she's talking to her, and then she's like, "Try to just try to pull it out of your." I'm like, "That's a very her voice is kind of familiar, huh?" And then she like turns to the camera for a second to somebody off screen, and like it's it's literally like just for a second, like a hot second, and turns back and and then like and is talking this whole time, and I'm like, and when her face flashes, I'm like, "No way!" Yep. Like no way. Yep. That can't be. How does that make sense? I'm like, I feel like I'm on crazy pills. I like, I like back it up, and then I pause it and I stop on it, and I'm like, I say, if it's not, it's her fucking twin, and like, I like pause it, and Daryl's like working, and I like scream out to him. I was like, I really think I need you to look at something because I think I might be going crazy, and he's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, babe, I can't. I'm like working right now. I'm like. Uh, okay, but you have to see uh, when you have a, you need to see it, okay? Like as soon as you can, okay? Like, cause I'm really like losing my shit over here, like all by myself, just losing my shit. And like, as I continue watching the behind the scenes stuff, eventually they get to like the ballroom uh, scene, and like then they actually are talking to her, and it's like it's fucking her, and it says Cheryl McFadden, and Cheryl I'm like McFadden, Cheryl. Cheryl. Wait a minute. I'm like, is it her mom? Is it her twin sister? What's happening right now? I'm really confused. Like, because it's her. It's like clearly Gates McFadden. Gates McFadden, Dr. Crusher. I'm clear that that's who it has to be. Like, it has to be. I was like, I fucking knew it. Like, I screamed so loud. And it was like, I like did a happy dance and a triumph. Um, And I was like, "I, I had no idea. And like, she was like one of the like, puppeteer movement like directors like and it was i was like how the, awesome yeah. is that and she like choreographed the whole ballroom scene yeah i was like that is so fucking cool i can't even stand it right now yep isn't like, that awesome and i, I saw, was so I excited the, to tell yeah. you i was like this yeah. is gonna be so great we're gonna do trek off he's gonna have no idea and i'm gonna tell him this great story about how i was watching the special features of the labyrinth and what i discovered and it's gonna be so cool because i never ever am the one sharing some great discovery with you because you're always like a poopy pooper and you spoil it because you go on the internet and you look these things up like a poopy pooper. Spoilers for a movie that came out in 1985. You are a poopy McPooperson. <laughs> that is all there is to it. Like Spoiler okay. alert for 1985. All day, all day after you fucking posted that shit on Facebook and Mr. A was just like laughing. He was like... That's amazing. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe he did this. And he's like, well, I don't think he did it on purpose. I was like, that is not the no, I knew it. No, I actually did. I knew. I, so I, I went forward in time to this moment. <laughs> I was like, I know that Alex is going to do this. When you and did I can't tell have me. That. I can't have her tell me. telling me something that I don't know. Like, that no, no, can't no, happen. No. I say the nay. No. <laughs> it's not how things go in my world. I <laughs> go forward in time to see what you're going to say. And then I decide, Then I go back in time to, to ruin it. That's right. That's, that's what I do. Ruin. I'm like Q. Poopy I'm like Q. Cooper. And he was like, You're welcome. He, didn't do it. You're welcome. Like, he wouldn't, he couldn't just not fucking troll the internet 24 7 to find out things. He couldn't just, like, I don't know, 
be at home and like do his job and like be with his family and not do that part. No, like, no, no, it's my really job. Is. No, that's my job. That's that's my chosen profession is to ruin your jokes. I know. Like I was just, I was so, it was finally. It yeah, was let's like do it. Ready? Thing. Like, well, we'll do it. Ready? Ready? You knock, knock jokes. Just start with knock, knock. Try and tell a joke. No, because you're gonna know it. <laughs> no, just, just say knock, knock. Knock, knock. Come in. <laughs> there. See what I just did? I just ruined your fucking joke. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you and everything you stand for. I right, do it again. Ready? You you start. Go go ahead. Start. No. See, knock knock. Go ahead. No, I'm done. I'm done just with you. Ahead. Just one more time. Look, I'll show you. No, I promise. I I promise. I won't say anything that'll ruin your joke. Just say it. No. Say knock knock. I don't trust you. Just what? I promise you. There's I promise no you, trust. I Lack promise of trust. you that I will not say anything that will ruin your joke. Just say knock knock. <laughs> go for it. I don't even have a knock knock joke. Just say just say knock knock. Trust me. Ah. <sighs> Go ahead. Knock, knock. And then you just say nothing. <laughs> I, I promised you I would not say anything. You are such a dick. Would I would like to submit that you are a poopy McPoopy dick. Okay? <laughs> That's what you uh, are. How to get poopy, yuck. Uh, yuck. You know how it got poopy. Because you are a poopy McPooper thing. That's you know what else is poopy? poopy? You know what else is poopy? Snow. Snow is poopy. No, I really like snow. I, I actually like am snow. a super fan of, of doing my like 80s dance uh, in the snow. When All right, it's coming so I down. like snow too. I like snow too. And let me be clear. I also like cotton candy. I really enjoy cotton candy. Right, but it's like it's it's like a levels thing, right? I don't it's need like three how much. I don't necessarily need three feet of cotton yeah, candy. Yeah, me as well. Like That's I have to so, say. So for anyone paying attention, uh, uh, we live, of course, in the Washington, D.C. area. And um, we've been at the center. Weird. Washington, D.C. getting a little bit of international coverage. Who knew? Um, <laughs> like never so happens. It's I've so never, far. ever heard of this before. Weird. It's so um, weird. <laughs> but yeah, um, so we, we um, were going to record. Uh, there, there was a whole plan where we we're going to maybe do some recording. We were even talking about possibly getting together uh, yeah, last like weekend to work on the movie. Um, and uh, Mother Nature decided instead to uh, just dump, dump three feet dump. of snow on us. <laughs> like, so kidding. much snow. So I um, got stuck in a hotel on a Friday night. That's so bad. I got stuck in a hotel on a Friday night. Now I wanna. I, I'm not gonna name the hotel chain because I don't want to slam this place where you may stay for an extended period of time. <laughs> a place where you could stay for an extended, extended period, period of time. time. <laughs> if you had, I don't know, some sort of extended stay of some. So I was in this place. Um, what a rat hole. Um, yeah, where I was. Um, so I, I had to be available, um, somewhere, uh, on a Saturday. And so I, uh, on the Saturday of the, in the middle of the snowstorm. So I was compelled, um, to either stay, uh, in a public area for free where I'd share a bed with, uh, share a room with like four people, um, or for what was like a big discounted rate. Um, and I was really sort of like urged to do it this way, uh, to stay for $45 a night, including a continental breakfast, I could stay at this place and it should only be one night. And I was like, well, I'll just do it for one night. I'll come back late Saturday. Having no idea that the snow was never, ever, ever going to stop falling. Um, but, uh, I didn't, I wasn't compelled to do it until like 15 minutes before I actually had to go do it. So I threw stuff together. Um, I actually brought, uh, this microphone to record and then lo and behold, uh, I forgot, 
uh, to bring the microphone. And so knowing that I had this microphone there to uh, record or knowing that I didn't have there to record, I decided just to work on the movie the entire time that I was there. Now, here's the interesting thing. Here's the interesting part about it. I get to this place um, and it's snow is already coming down and I end up ordering a pizza. And it's the only thing that there is to get is the pizza. And I get the pizza and I get a sub and I'm like, this will be good for Friday night, maybe into Saturday. And I end up getting stranded there. Alexia, I'm not kidding. I got stranded there for must have been like like two full days, two to three full days. So this pizza and this sub absolutely and totally and completely run out. I am out of food by the time we're done. Um, so to, like to add or whatever. Injury, yes, I know. Food's important to me. Um, to whatever. add injury to insult, when I get to this place, um, the sheets ha- have cigarette burns on them and there's crumpled up sheets in the closet with hair falling out of them that smell like cigarettes. Oh, lovely. It's the place they got to stay and stare at yeah. four walls. That's uh, so but, awesome. But the good news, ladies and gentlemen, um, <laughs> that he got that seriously good I, I did a little bit of work while I was stuck there uh, in my own personal purgatory. Um, <laughs> I have finished a rough cut of Trek off the motion picture. What? Yep. You, Alexia, have not even seen it yet. I haven't. But I promise you. Now, I've been talking about the length of this film for the last year, going, it's 14 hours. It's only <laughs> nine hours now. It's 10 hours. <laughs> this film is now one hour. And 48 minutes. Woo! Damn. One hour and 48. We're going to try and get it down to one hour and 20. I think uh, I think 80 minutes is good for a documentary comedy. So like we're going to get it down to that. Um, but uh, I have spent so much fucking time in us. I mean, I seriously. Gonna, like, you have got to be so sick of us. Like, we should all feel blessed that he's willing to do this right now. Because <laughs> he must be so done. Those coming down the stairs. <laughs> I'm, I'm there in this place. I kid you not. There are ants inside of this hotel room oh, i'm not kidding no there are ants inside my hotel room how are they even alive in all the snow what the so fuck? here's the greatest thing and then we're going to talk about trek but um but the continental breakfast um the next day it's saturday morning there is already two feet of snow and it's a motel so you have to go out like you step just right out your door it's just snow drifts against your door um so uh so very much like the place we stayed when we went to georgia actually very very much like that place Mm -hmm. so i go down for what is the continental breakfast that i was promised knowing that i was running out of food and i go and i trudge the zoo trudge 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 trudge. i get lost because there's no like landmarks you can't see the road you can't see the sidewalk nothing's been shoveled um i finally make my way to the lobby for my continental breakfast which is i kid you not a paper cup of coffee and a pre-wrapped like vending machine blueberry muffin Wow, that's classy. Yeah, no, it was great. I threw it away. You didn't even eat it. I would have eaten that shit. I ate like half of it, and and yeah, it was. was and, it and they had and they had they had like what tasted like stale instant oatmeal, and I had some of that too. Um, yeah, it was no good. Dude, no, like you know, in fairness to them, though, when it comes to the whole shoveling thing, because like I went out to try to like, there's like just the walkway into our house, and like to clear off you know the car which wasn't even parked in our driveway because as you know our driveway is like very steep and gravel uh so it was like yeah we're not gonna park there because even once the roads are clear we won't be able to get out of our driveway <laughs> um so uh-huh. we park someplace else and um we so i'm sitting there and we're like 
working on it. Like, and the whole time I'm saying to Mr. A is we're walking in this shit and it's just coming down like like nobody's business. I was like, I have never seen this much snow. I was like, I and he's like, we've had blizzards before. I'm like, yeah, no, we've had. I remember, you know, us having some big snowfalls, and I remember like the blizzard of '95 or whatever it was. Like, I remember some, you know, some crazy snowfall, but not like this. I was like, it's never come down like this. And he's like, sure, it has. I was like, I really don't think so. But, but that's like that's like that's like saying we've all had a pinky there, but that doesn't mean we're ready for a hand. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, welcome. It, it was like so much snow like and yeah. i was sitting there like so most of the day i'm trying to keep up like to keep the like sidewalk clear which is just a losing battle like i would just no sooner have swept it that like it was covered again it was like man this is just demoralizing and like when we went to do the car like in the middle of the night it's like two o'clock in the morning and um and people in our neighborhood actually there's some fun people in our neighborhood that had uh they had their uh their jeep and they were trailing like a big piece of wood that people were just like skiing on. Oh, that's fun. They, like, it was it was like that as we were walking, like I'm hearing hooting and hollering and like screaming. And like at first it sounded like someone was being killed. And I was like, oh shit. Like is some shit going down? Is somebody taking advantage of like the blizzard to like kill a joker? Like fuck. Um and then I heard like woohoo! And I'm like, or not. Oh, um, yeah. and then they came around the corner. It was clear. Like, also, was although killing a joker could be fun, so um, you know, I suppose. But I, I just, you know, what it just doesn't seem like the kind of thing that would make you go woohoo. No, um, no, not you know, anymore. I guess it depends Certainly on the person. Now. You know, obviously there are there as with anything, you know, but it. So they came around the corner. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Um, I wanted to do it with them so bad, but there was like no space on there. I was like, fuck. I was like, it doesn't seem safe, but I would totally do it because you know me. I don't give a shit. And like we go to the car and so it's like, you know, two o'clock in the morning or something. And we're like sweeping off the car. And like at this point, it's still coming down. And it's like all fluffy, though. Right. So it's like this is the time to do it before it like freezes over and becomes a pain in the ass. But it was like you would just have swept like whooshed. And then like no sooner had you whooshed than like it was covered again. And I was like, well, this yeah, is just no. ridiculous. No, there, there, was, there was so much snow. I was ready to crawl inside of a tauntaun. It was just. Did you much. see the story? There was some story on. um something trending on facebook like what's so funny is i never go to facebook but they send me those emails because they're like facebook so like trending on facebook emails or whatever and they sent one that said that some person had uh, an igloo in new york up on airbnb and like they and it got taken down because it didn't meet some minimum housing requirements that's amazing wow so somebody like built an igloo out of the snow and put it up on airbnb that's fucking funny so you know what uh you know who kept me company um when i was all by myself and i was trapped inside these four walls and i was really depressed i was getting a lot of work done but it's really like like i wanted to be home and i didn't want to be there in the snow and i was lonely and i was rationing food i was actually rationing it out going okay this is going to run out and I have to just make sure that there's enough left so I don't get really hungry in case I get stuck. And it's just like I turn on the TV on Saturday morning, really bummed out. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, this sucks. I turn it on. And I turn on to uh, flipping stations and I'm not really paying attention. The hotel is telling me this is ESPN2 and I'm flipping around. But I see on the bottom left hand corner, it's actually the Sci-Fi channel. Nice. Um, they're running Star Trek 6. And I watched like the last half of Star Trek Six. And then you um, felt better, didn't you? What a fucking great movie that is! Right? Like, can it's I just say? Can so I just good. say? I, so now that like Deep Space Nine is, of course, my favorite iteration of Trek, um, and it will 
always be my favorite iteration of Trek, I think. Um, but DS9 is something that I like in aggregate. It's like liking a it's like liking a series of novels. Like I like it in all of it and I like it right because it's not like the same because because there's such a continuing storyline happening like so much of TV now right like there's even well even when it's a standalone episode there's always some little nugget that you're getting for the first time and 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 I really 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 love DS9 that being said if I had to choose what I think is the best two hours in all of Star Trek I might well choose Star Trek 6 yeah it is It's, it's really fucking good the, like when it, and I, I say I caught the first half. I caught it right at the uh, the trial scene where Kirk and McCoy oh, are being on trial and being defended by Worf's grandfather. Um, right. And, and Christopher Plummer is screaming at them. And and it's just and, and it's tense and it's funny sometimes. And it's so obviously like not fair. Like it's so clearly not a yeah. fair trial. Like, um, it's it's crazy. And 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 just I watched it from that point forward, and it is th- there are parts where it's maybe a little tiny bit clunky here and there, and and it's maybe a little dated, but you know if you can look past that, I can't um, even think of what those moments are. Like I like legitimately mostly, have no idea. What mostly you're talking about. early CGI. Mostly mostly you know the the overuse of 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 the morph effect. Um, that, oh, that for, was so uh, brand for Iman's new. Character? For Iman, That's yeah. Fine. Um, and 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 stuff like that. And the but, reason like, it's fine though is because mostly it's done with like makeup and shit, and I respect that. Like that's yeah, what I was noticing too when I'm watching, like when I, when I was watching Labyrinth again, and and like I had seen some of the reviews people had put on like up for that, um, and they were like, you know, so the kids might be freaked out a little bit by the puppets, but I'm like, why would they be freaked out by the puppets? I don't understand. Like it's so much, it's so much better than the fucking CG that we do now, like because it's tangible and you and and I, I you can feel that, and it's like that's what I love about Star Trek, like they don't like typically and certainly at you know star trek six days there wasn't this like ultra cgification of shit like i'm but okay there was with enough CG. CG available CG. to them there was enough cg available to them to make it look good i mean model work was never like it was at its best like you like it's truly you're getting spaceship model work at its very very right best. and that's like what um, you should use it for do you know what i'm saying like it's it, now I feel like everybody just uses it for everything instead of using it like where you should and like using practical where you should practical and makeup where you fucking should. Well, I mean, I, and I think that the force awakens gets it right. Um, and I'm going to talk. I about think that it too. mostly gets it right. I think uh, there's, but, I think there's a touch too much. Like I don't, I didn't like that the char- like those two, those two characters yeah. were completely CG. I would have, I would well, and, and I would get to that. that. I would prefer puppets. I, I, I have a whole segment that I want to talk to uh, talk about uh, the effects in Force Awakens, but first I'm going to finish with uh, my Star Trek Six story. Um, I, I <laughs> I've gone on record as saying that my favorite of the Trek films was Star Trek Generations. Um, That's crazy. Well, they played Star Trek Generations right after Star Trek Six. Awesome. Um, but it's not better. It's not. It's just and not like, as, like as cool it, as it I is might... having an element of of next gen uh, and an element of of the original series and that being really really. Well, and I and I and I prefer next gen to the original series. So it was so great to see the next gen on film. And there's a lot, but but ultimately, there you know the logic holes that I've talked about so many times um, become really evident. And once you start thinking it, like I'm actually down with that film until Picard gets in the Nexus, and then it's just bullshit. 
<laughs> yeah, and then uh, it's just like a. And like, I, when I was cutting the film together, I was crazy film, when I was cutting our film together, I got to this point um, in one of our, and I'm sure people who listen to the old podcast heard it, but I forgot that I had said it that uh, that really, if Picard is in the Nexus. And this is what I said, so I'm just repeating myself, but I'll say it now. Picard is in, because I think I cut this out. I don't. I think this entire conversation that I'm about to have right now got cut out of the film, so you get to hear it now. Um, that Picard is in the Nexus, and, and and I say this, I say, and Guinan is there as an echo, because that makes sense. Right. Um, she's somehow there. And, and still an, here. She's an echo. And that's Just so okay. that we can have her there to talk to him, to say, hey. And, there's somebody else here that you should. She goes. She to. goes. You can have anything you want, and he goes. I know exactly what I want. I want to save the day. Now, ignoring the logic that he says next, um, the Nexus, by its nature, is trying to fool you into thinking you're getting what you want. The right? Nexus. The the entire point of the next scene is that when the Nexus gives you what you want, it's fake. It's not really giving it to you. Therefore, I postulate that all of of 24th century Star Trek from that moment forward is in the Nexus. Is, is in the Nexus. <laughs> as the Nexus is trying to convince Picard. No, because Picard, like I would say this, Picard, uh, like Kirk, would recognize the difference. But that's the thing, it. though. That's the thing, though. At what point is the, are the rules of the Nexus that, yes, by the way, ejects you anywhere and any when you want like uh, i don't like, think that the nexus is like that's what i'm saying i don't know that the nexus has like a consciousness and is trying to keep you per se like if you're there it's giving it's you trying exactly to make you happy you it's trying to give it's you what you, you exactly want. what you want and, and it's if you don't want to be there it is happy to let you go it's like where, fuck where you fine you, you don't like it you don't like it you can go you can go you don't want to be here at the nexus fuck you get out that's what you I'm know. saying. Like, I don't think it has a, a, a like. I don't think it has an end game. I don't think the nexus is like a consciousness. I know, but it's just it. It, it follows. There's no internal logic. To there, it. there is, but more importantly, I, th I think the, the, the most glaring problem is like you chose like two seconds before yeah. he shot the thing to go back. Like that's. What I know right where I want to go. I want to go to two minutes before he fires the rocket. Right. Like instead of going to I don't know when he arrived. Or even like a week ago, like when you guys found Joker. Like, because I can understand, like, let's say the logic of that is like, okay, well, if I don't want to go back to when he arrived, like when he and arrived and, and like, because I was. And don't give me any bullshit about, oh, he didn't want to, like, pollute the time stream by doing That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying, I, even if you say that. So that's why he doesn't go that, that far back. Because you know what he does? He prevents the destruction of a planet after it happens and the destruction of his ship because he's unhappy about it. That right. is the, the most catastrophic <laughs> thing that he could stop from happening. He stops from happening. The the biggest wave in the time stream he could disrupt is the thing he does disrupt. I, you know, I get that. But yeah, I'm saying yeah. what I'm saying is that I can get with on board with the whole polluting of the timeline thing to a point, like why he wouldn't go all the way back like 50 years or whatever it was when dude man arrived. Right. Like because he's not even born yet or he's a child or whatever. Right. But like the week ago or the like two days ago when they like first went to the place and they found this guy unharmed, like why not go there? Like, Let's not go like four or five days that. even earlier than that when he was like getting some good nookie on the holodeck. Like, I'm going to get that nookie again. I want to try right? some, I I, like, try I some stuff I didn't try that. last time. We, we, we can 
stop this guy because when we get there this time, we'll know what he's done and like just fucking take his jo- Joker ass out of custody. Fucking done and done, and then yeah. I'll get my dick sucked and everything will be great. Yes, actually, he's. Uh, I can just see he goes. He goes to Soren. He goes, Soren, you're going to jail for the things you're going to do, but you can fucking plan it. Just suck this. <laughs> suck my bald dickard. What's important is that you suck my cock right now. Yes, I, my 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 Captain Dickhard. <laughs> get it? Because my dick's hard. <laughs> oh, God. Very good. Go for it. That's right. Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Make it grow. Oh! Um, so, only you. <laughs> only you, man. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for that. You know, it'll never, <laughs> ever leave my brain, sadly. It's there yeah. forever now. Very good. Um. So, uh, so yes, I had those. I had those two movies to watch back to back and next to each other. And I, I. And you're able to recognize that Star Trek Six is better. You know, here's the thing: Nicholas Meyer is a better filmmaker, and that's what it comes down to. Is that is that I I do not have a, a greater fondness for the original series series characters than I do for the next gen characters. I don't. But it's a well. It's you a should, well, but you don't. It's okay. a well made film. It it's, is. It's, it's it's very well made on on stakes any are of huge in both cases, and that's the thing that a, a well a well told story has stakes that are huge both on a small scale and on a large scale, and the small scale story is supposed to is is supposed to um, mirror the stakes of the large scale story, and that's exactly what happens. The fate of the Federation and the Klingons and the Federation being being friends and all this huge giant stuff is happening and that's the large scale thing while at the same time Kirk is wrestling with his relevance as he's going into retirement and that's the small scale thing and then finally it all comes together where Kirk recognizes that he still has value and he recognizes that he needs to let go of prejudice and all that happens and that saves the big scale i mean it's it's it is masterful it's beautiful you, you could do a class on that there's nothing original in that storytelling but it's like someone who's made like a great steak there's nothing original in making a great steak you just know how to do it and you do it the right way and and this and i I think it also it's just it exemplifies so many things that i think are good about star trek yeah like and it, it does it in a in a subtle way and it and it and it like is challenging those things and like the fact that you've got a vulcan who's on this who's like legitimately believes that we can't trust the klingons and we have to put a stop to this so-called peace and the lengths to which she's willing to go and at the same time it's, it's crazy a road because movie. like as you go, that, as you go from one says, huge huge location to another if you think about it, think about the, the the small scale drama you just described while at the same time the giant locations and giant events and huge things that are happening and and when you when you're going to do an uh, uh, a space opera or you're going to do some kind of, of of epic piece of storytelling making the 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 stakes very real in the middle of it is what makes it work it's the reason why it's 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 the it's when marvel gets it right that's how marvel gets it right um because they they recognize that that you tell the big story and then you also give the small story weight and that elevates the entire proceeding well i think it it tells you more about the whole scenario right because like it's it's very easy to 
to to hear about something like some large scale thing right and and to consider like oh well of course like if you're standing away from it at a certain distance like of course they should make peace that just makes sense but like to realize the the actual personal like effect it has on people on both sides of it you know what i mean and like what that means because then it that i think what it does is it grounds it for people because then they they don't have that same luxury of looking at it and going oh well of course i would do the right thing like that's it's obvious what the right thing is but it's like it becomes a little bit different when you are faced with the personal like cost to some like or the way that they see it like in the fact that they they feel righteous and correct you know in their hate and, well, and, and it's I, like and I, and, and it I really think... forces you to think about that to think about if they're and 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 i think seeing particularly kirk's journey because he has so much reason to hate them so much personal vested reason to hate klingons and to believe what he believes about them, to believe that they're evil and bad and wrong, and th- and to believe that they're lying, that they're full of shit, that it's all a trick. You know what I mean? And that's what I what I like about what I like about the film is that every scene is a winner, and every scene seems to flow out of the energy of the scene before. If you look at, like, for instance, if you look at uh, at generations, you literally have a comedy scene on the bridge. And then an action scene where Kirk dies and everybody's sad because he's dead, followed by a comedy scene on a boat in a holodeck, yep. followed by a scene about how Picard's family burned to death in a fire, right. followed by a data <laughs> comedy scene. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of all over the place. And like, the and, thing and, is, and, th- there's comedy, strangely enough, in Star Trek VI. Like, it's there. But like... It's it's in it's in a way that makes sense that fits in the moments that as as sure. opposed to it being a whole scene that's comedic, right? It's that, like comedic that, that moments. Is, it's really jarring, and it's, it's so. I mean, I still love Generations, but I think I love each of the scenes in Generations. Like, I love the scene where Picard finds out that his family's dead. It's beautifully shot. It's the first time that they've ever had the Enterprise outside a uh, like a sun, and his ready room is all bathed in the sunlight from the window. Like it's it's, it's oh yeah, the lighting gor- is beautiful. It's this gorgeous, melancholy, very sad, well acted, well written scene, and the scene with Data, which is right after that, which is in ten forward, where Data has emotions and doesn't like his drink. Also, a great scene on its own. But I, you know, I love pizza and I love caramel sauce. I don't necessarily want to put them on a plate together and put them into the same bite. And it's it's it. There's not enough it just doesn't flow and and so i mean it's, i i don't want to spend this time bashing generations because i do love it and it's my favorite next gen film and it's probably still like would be my go-to if i had to watch a star trek film i'd probably still pop in generations but you damn, would pop it in before star trek six legit i might although that my my mind might have been changed somewhat i mean this was damn is it a good film it's like, like it's I gotta a, say, because going back and watching all the all of the the original series movies, so ending on Generations, right? Like that's what I did. Like starting on my birthday, I went. I just was watching all of them, and it really occurred to me, like, I and I love all of them, right? Like you know me, I'm a lover. Um, but there's something like about Star Trek Six that is all of the good things about Star Trek. 
like all of the good things about the people and like the characters, all of the good things about like the, the supporting characters. Like there's nothing I feel like you can really point to like, cause even in like, I love Star Trek too. Um, but you've got to point to, you know, what's her name from cheers. Uh, she's just, and I like her and she's great, but she's not a good, she's not a good Vulcan. She's just not. Um, and like, so there's in any one of the other movies, I feel like there's something you can point to that's you know not perfect right like which isn't enough to make me not love it but it's something you can go ahead and say yeah okay yeah that's true but i don't well, I mean, feel last like time we, anything... talked, we talked about how i hate star trek 5 except for those like camping scenes but i feel like the energy of those camping scenes make their way into star trek 6 absolutely that's what I'm saying. Like, like that's my point though i felt like in watching all of them again the thing that became clear to me is that when you look at Star Trek Six, like there, there's nothing I could look at. There's no point where I would go, yeah, it's good, but there's this one thing. Like there isn't this one thing. There's no thing. Like fucking, she is incredible, and the scene when he is taking the information from her brain is so intense. It's crazy, yeah. Um, and she fucking nails it, and she nails it before that. Like I believe her as a Vulcan before that. You know what I mean? And like. And the, any other ancillary characters, like Amon's character too, even like she's amazing. Like I love her, and I just, I just feel like there's nothing that I can point to in that flick that I'm like, eh, this was a bit weak, or that was a bit weak, or this one person, this one actor was kind of eh. Like I feel like everybody really was just on point. Like there was no, there was no faltering. Although it's you know, probably I did the notice, best start. Um, it's not Star Trek Six, but. Uh, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it appeared to me that in Star Trek Four, that's Cisco's dad. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And we're just Star not Trek, supposed he, to realize he, that he plays the same guy in Star Trek Six. Right. right so to, we're right next to Rene Abagenois, by the way. Rene Abagenois is also in Star Trek Six. Yeah, but isn't he like not Odo? He's not Odo. No, it's not supposed to be Cisco's dad. Cisco's dad was never part of Star Starfleet. So exactly. So what are we what are we meant to make of that? Are we just not supposed to notice. <laughs> no, we're not supposed to notice that Cisco. I mean, look. Let's be clear. If we're going to look at the cast of Star Trek Six, you got Cisco's dad with uh, Cisco's dad uh, with. If you keep in mind that that uh, that Chancellor Gorkon. Is is the same guy who was in Star Trek V, the British guy from Star Trek V, is Chancellor Gork is the same David Warner who is the the um the Cardassian who tortures Picard. Yeah, but at least that's a difference of it's makeup. Gorkon. Yeah, but right? but I mean it, but it's like because like, if, if it's under makeup, it, I get it. Like it's it's not the same thing. It's not like it's obviously the same guy. Do you know what no, I mean? I what I'm saying is it's a who's who of Trek actors. Like it, sure. it, it really is. And yes, you are supposed to just kind of not notice. And there are lots of actors who appear multiple times outside of makeup in Star Trek. You know, look at Shakar when he was inside of a candle fucking crusher. Yeah. <laughs> looks totally the same. Those ridges on the nose don't really change anything. It's clearly the same guy. Yeah, like it's one thing when we're talking. Um, clearly, uh, clearly that he we wants love to so be much. involved with military alien. redheads. You know who military I mean? Military redheads are the way he goes because he goes right to Kira. Military redhead. That's same true. thing. Same thing. You know what I'm talking about. Then why can't I remember his name right now? But I love him. Who? Ugh. What character? I'll tell you. Deep Space Nine. He did a lot of things on. He was a lot of different characters in Deep Space Nine. He was the I, the the head Dominion guy. 
Oh, the guy we talked to. No. No. Head Dominion guy, the vo- the Vortex. Oh, uh, uh, Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs. Thank You're welcome. Because it was You're killing right. me. You want to know why? I, I, right was, now, I watched. I watched. Were out I watched there at that moment, going um, Jeffrey Combs. I watched. I, I watched Gotham, and it was so cool. Um, because I saw him, and and it, it took me all of two seconds. So you just finished the first season of Gotham. I did. So it took me all of two seconds to notice that. That's. I was like, no way. Is that who I think that is? And he had like said, and then he said like two words, and then Mr. and Mr. I looked at Mr. A like all expected. He was like, I don't know. I, and I was like, I was like, well, wait for it. I'll let you. I'll let you take him in a little bit more. Like, and then he started talking some more, and then Mr. A got it. I was like, I, I was like, oh, it's definitely him. And he was like, oh my god, it is. I was like, isn't yeah. that awesome? Do you like Gotham? I, love him. I was just sad there wasn't more of him. You know me. So okay, so you you told me right before we started that you have uh, started you you've gotten through season three of Arrow, season one of Flash, and season one of Gotham. So you're well into the DC universe now. Yep. What are you thinking of these three shows, man? Um, I think honestly, of the three of them, the Flash is the strongest. Um, I think it makes the fewest missteps. I'm not saying it doesn't make any. Um, but like for the most part. Like the guy who like, cause for instance, in Arrow, like when Arrow started, this is a good example. Like I love that show, I really do, and I love Stephen Amell. He is fucking awesome. But there are so many things that detracted from the experience then and even still now, like Thea, like all, like almost all of the female characters. Laurel in season two. Laurel now. Well, Laurel, Laurel, Laurel when, in season three is Laurel, a pain Laurel in the when ass. she Laurel's has always the, a pain in the ass. But but Laurel with the drug problem is the worst. Oh God, it's the worst. It's, it's absolutely a, the worst. Like, and she sure. looked and she looked so bad that I like they, they were doing great makeup on her because I really was like I think she's really sick. Like I was really I, I was like she's something's wrong. Like, are they writing this for her because she looks like like because she's actually battling your drug addiction? Yeah, or I mean, and that's, she looks that's, that's horrible. I mean, that's yeah, it, it. I mean, it really, it really was making me think that. Um, I will say that both she and Thea improve in the season to come. I'm hoping. Good. Well, here's the like. I, I could not. Neither stop one of them were as bad as they used to be. I could agreed. I, I like Thea with short hair. Um, I, I really don't like Laurel as the canary. I hate it. I know. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Like the instant we ever saw that her sister was the canary, I was like, that's happening. I was like, I don't want it to happen, but it's totally going to happen, and it's going to suck. And I was correct. Um, and let's and be clear, she's Black Canary. What fucking ever? <laughs> it matters. Anyway, okay. As Black Canary. I saw it coming another Like, regardless, that shit was coming, and I didn't want it to happen. I knew it was going to happen. Um, and then Thea, like, could they just stop showing her motherfucking midriff? Like, fucking seriously. I'm telling you. I counted. In all of season three. There are exactly two shots where she doesn't have her fucking midriff bared. That's amazing. Like, that's ridiculous. okay? And she has a lovely midriff. Don't fucking get me wrong. It's, it's a lovely midriff, and I have no problem with showing it every once in a while. But that is so ridiculous that it just makes me angry every fucking time. Yeah, it, which, ex- which, except that, except that, like the the most clearly sexually exploitative thing on the show is is Stephen Amell. 
Like it's like there is a point, and he doesn't do it that much. He he does it less and less and less. There's a point right around season two when he's doing the the pull up things. The salmon ladder. Like, oh, I do love. Yeah, the where where, uh, <laughs> where uh, Mrs. Mrs. J will be like brushing her teeth in the bathroom, and even I'm like, he's doing the thing. Yeah, you gotta stop and watch that. It's incredible. He's just like sitting there panting at him because it's incredible. Agreed. But here's the thing: we're, we're we don't sexualize men nearly as often as women, so that's why it doesn't bother me. And like he gets to do so much more than be yeah. sexualized, like as as does Thea. Granted, I will get I will give her that she she has some weight to bear as time goes on. Anyway, a lot of people who don't listen to Arrow probably don't know what we're talking about. Anyway, so um, she so but it just points to a bigger problem because this was my biggest issue with Gotham, hands down, without a doubt, is the treatment of women on that show. Why is like, that? It makes me so angry. There is absolutely zero with less than zero reason. Like if we can go into like high negatives of reasons to put a 13 year old girl in fucking leathers and to sexualize her. I don't think that she's sexualized at all. Oh my God. I don't think she's sexualized at all. Why does she have the fucking goggles? She's not cat. She's not going to be Catwoman sometime later in her life because she doesn't have leathers and goggles on. Are you fucking kidding me? It's terrible. Wait a minute, how are the goggles like, sexualizing her? I'm, 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 I'm confused. Her whole get-up, she's got these fucking rips in her pants and shit. Like, dude, don't even act like it's not happening. It's not at no. all. Like, it's, I, I, and I, and I will even, I'll take it a step further. There is a point in season two, and it's only one scene, where I feel like an underage actress is sexualized, but she's, it's for a, it's for a reason having to do with Bruce. And I understand the purpose of it scene, but it made me uncomfortable. I was like, as a director, I was like, ah, it's a choice. I guess you made that choice. Um, but I never, ever, ever see it in Selena. I don't find Selena to be sexual at all. I find her to look like a little cat woman. She calls she herself cat. Why she does she have, explain to me, where she got the goggles and the leathers as a street kid, why she would have them. You know I what? don't understand. You, don't like you can say that the goggles that you can say that. All right. So for, first of all, for anybody who hasn't seen Gotham, it's the story of, of, of Gotham City when Bruce Wayne is still like 12 and 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 Commissioner Gordon is not Commissioner Gordon yet. And a lot of the 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 Batman villains that, you know, are in it as younger versions of themselves as, as the, the penguin who's astounding, who is the reason to watch the show. That's what uh, I'm saying. Like, I um, love the men. Like, I love the and, male characters. They've done really well by them. Gordon but, but is they, but, penguin is fantastic. Nigma is fantastic. But, I fucking uh, love them. So so yes, they have all these characters, and one of the characters is is a young Selena Kyle who is the same age as Bruce and who is uh, gonna grow up to be Catwoman. Uh, so and she's just there's no reason for her to be in high fashion, dude. I'm sorry. There's it doesn't make any fucking sense. There's one t- there's one scene when she's I don't in the, Bruce so I, the goggles. The fact that the goggles bother you this much is 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 like one. They're not sexual. Let's be clear. The goggles. Listen, all sexual. of the fashion. Is to, is to make a point. And like the thing is when Catwoman is a Catwoman and she's like in her really tight leather and she has them goggles on her head, like it's fucking hot. It is. That's what it is. And that's okay. I have no problem with that unless she's fucking 13. I think they're There's just no adding reason for Catwoman her to be dressed that way. Because None. if she, did, Zero, because if she doesn't look, but, but except that that's what makes her Catwoman. No, no, it's fucking not. It is absolutely not what makes her Catwoman. Fucking defend that. Iconography. 
Catwoman started as a two-dimensional drawing on a page. And what they're trying to do is give you the visual icon. There's no reason that Bullock would continue to look like Bullock. There's frankly no reason that that Nigma would be doing riddles. There's no reason. It's a problem I have with the show in general is that there's not a lot of re- there's no reason that Penguin would ever have an umbrella or dress the way he does. Um, it is just they're no, giving. No, I get why he dresses the way he does. They've supported the, that. They're giving you the the iconography of of the Batman characters as much as they can. I dare say that I don't want to spoil anything that happens, but suffice to say, there is even some Batman iconography that happens. There's Joker iconography that happens. It's there, and it is the it is a you can you. You can say that it's a failing of the show. I don't find that the character Selena Kyle is sexualized in any way. She doesn't have sex. She doesn't talk about sex. They're not bearing her breasts. They're not showing her. In... She's only in really tight leathers. You're right. And a vest. She's not wearing. She's Her bosoms are not sticking out everywhere. I don't care if her bosoms are sticking out. They're Catwoman's made... bosoms aren't sticking out either. She's just in a fucking form. Wait, did you, say, did you say the Catwoman's bosoms are not sticking out either? You just said that. I'm just. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna send you a text. Hold on. Bear with us, audience. Why? I'm, gonna send a text I'm not saying no. I'm not saying she's never been shown with her her breasts bare. Most of the time, she is. She is. Most of the time, she's in a full leather bodysuit. So that, her breasts aren't quote unquote bared. They're not doing that for cat. They're, her, they're doing it for others. Tight leather clothing, and ripped up jeans. There's no like and not like ripped up because she looks like a fucking street kid. I want you to look at the character of Catwoman of Selena Kyle next to any other street kid from another episode and you tell me that they look the same. They you don't. She looks like, she like looks Catwoman. Like a fucking street kid. Not if it makes any sense. That's a problem with the show. No. It, it's not it is a problem with the show. Nigma, just because he like says like riddles or whatever, it's like a quirk. It's like a it's like a, a thing of his. And it's fine. Like, there's no reason not to think that he wouldn't be just kind of quirky like that. He has other things that make him quirky. The show makes leaps of logic like that for all the characters. Now, I my point is, she's all, they already cast a girl that has very cat-like features. Like, she her yes. face looks like cat-like in a way. And so, like, they did not need. It was not required to. You stick need her to put her on the poster without. and have people go, "Oh, that's Catwoman." Like, they need to know if they're the first person watching the show and they have no idea who the fuck Selena Kyle is. That that's Catwoman. It's a problem with the show in general. I fucking like Fucking stupid. Show. It's not necessary. It's not mm-hmm. fucking necessary. And then Barbara. Don't even get me started on fucking Barbara. Barbara doesn't make any sense. Barbara's more of a pain in the ass. Please give me half your... Sh- I, need to, I need to be strong. I'm a strong woman. And then this, at the fucking first sight of something, she's fucking a complete mess, piecing out. Like, could you make her suck more? It goes somewhere. I will tell I you that it goes. I don't give somewhere. a shit. The only thing I like, the only female in that show I like so far, well, until they un, until they introduced Inara, then I like her. I fucking love her. Was really happy to see her. I love her character. I love that she calls Gordon on his bullshit when he's like, you know, she was like, you say you want a woman who's, you know, strong, but like then the moment she wants to be that way, it's like go home and be in the kitchen. Like, so, uh, no. So that was one moment in the show that I was like, yes, I was very happy about. But I love Fish. She's fantastic. And like, I don't care that she's all half naked most of the time. First of all, I enjoy seeing Jada Pinkett that way. Uh, you know, I, I don't like but fish. I can't, I gotta, I gotta say. not like fish? What's to not Jar Jar like? Jar the show. You know, here's the thing. I feel like, and, and it's again, 
it's a problem in the whole show. The show doesn't know, and and it's it extends into the first half of the second season as well. Um, that the the show doesn't seem to know what it wants to be, and sometimes it seems like it's Adam West Batman, and sometimes it seems like it's Christopher Nolan's Batman, and Fish is clearly in Adam West's Batman. Um, she's just start stopping short of of doing of 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 doing like it, she's somewhere between Eartha Kitt's Catwoman and and Uma Thurman doing doing Poison Ivy. Everything she says is like this, and I know that she can act. She's a good actress, but I feel like she she doesn't know the show that she's on. And I and 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 it's jarring to me. I I see the performance so much that that it's I can never get into what's going on with her because and that change I will say as the season wears on especially as fish um I won't spoil it for everybody there fish comes into a situation where she has significantly less power than when she started and when she's in that situation she becomes really interesting to me because she kind of drops the whole I'm fish thing but by that point it was like 16 episodes in and I was I was done with I disagree. Like I think the way that she enunciates things is like is purposeful. And yeah, it's, I just it, she it's a show, like, but it's a show she's putting she on for the world. Very much like I'm in a comic book show, and this is how comic book people talk. No way. That's it not how it like comes across to me. to me at all. That's so interesting that that's can we just can we just that agree that Alfred's the best? Oh, I do love Alfred. The Alfreds, and and that the show that was supposed to be about Jim Gordon, they quickly realized no, Bruce is the interesting thing. I, and I love the kid that plays. Like that's what I'm saying. Like the, the treatment of the male characters is fantastic. I love them all. Like I can't think of one male character that I'm like, ah, he's okay. Yeah, I, like I, little Bruce is fantastic. He's so a little adult. Can I tell you the one male character I think like, yeah, he's okay. And I hate to say this, Detective Gordon. No way. I, uh-uh, just, I fucking love not, him. What's wrong with you? He's like he's a fantastic. cipher. I'm not into his plight. I don't feel his. I mean, again. You don't feel his righteous indignation? I don't. And I feel I it's interesting because I really liked him at first. And by where I am in, in season two, I Harvey I love and Alfred I love and Bruce I love and Kat I love and um and Marina Barakins and I even love Barbara. Um I, I like a lot of what they're doing. Um and once they've done what they've done to her by the end of season two is uh, the end of season one is slightly interesting, but it does not like um, make up for the rest. But 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 I just I I feel like Gordon's not all that interesting. Anyway, it's all in all. Would you recommend the show? Gotham? Is there like, are you going to watch season two? Yeah, because I'm stupid, but it gets, it gets better, but you, you might like it more than I did. Cause I really like where it goes in season two, but like by where I am now in season two, I really like it. But I will say that the tonal problems that I had with fish Mooney are everywhere. And it's a lot. It's a lot like what I said about Star Trek Generations. It's like there's a scene where it's like it's campy, 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 dark, 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 campy, campy, can. Where I'm, I'm like I don't know what to do. I'm confused. Oh, something I'll say for sure about Gotham, and this is something I notice on the regular in a good way, is the fucking lighting is so beautiful. Sometimes, yeah, I would agree. I, I um, mean, and at least every episode, the lighting is so beautiful. But I'm so unclear as to what the time frame is. We've got I, I, cell phones, so, and we've got typewriters, well, we, uh, and we've hold got on, hold projectors. On. I think it's so. I I've talked a lot about this. I am convinced that Gotham is taking place right around 1998. And I've watched and and think keeping keeping that in mind, the cell phones they have are always flip phones. Agreed. And 
and the computers they use always have um the old style screens the cathode they ray do. Screen. they're big crt monitors um except there's at one point near at the very end of the season there's a discovery of a place where there's a computer and that place has a flat screen monitor which is interesting um the technology all seems to be right around late 90s um the fashion everything about it strikes me as late 90s and it would make sense because if it's late 90s if we say it's 99 then that's saying that it's like like 17 years before now bruce is bruce is you know 12 so you're saying if he starts off right around being batman right around 29 that would mean that we're watching that batman is now and we're watching the childhood of batman if batman is like just kind of starting now gotcha and okay. if you look at the age of the of the commissioner gordon that we know and the age of all, all the characters that we know they would all seem to be about 18 years younger than the ones we know so if the ones we know are now then this would be about 18 years before now okay. that's my thought that i mean that certainly makes sense but like so that's what i'm saying like there's there's problems with the female characters in that show and there are problems with the female characters in uh in arrow um and there's like like almost zero i think there's one problem i had in season one of flash um that they did to um what's her name the the girl that he loves where she oh, um west uh what's her name i can't remember uh, her name I can't think of it now his I sister the sister that he yes. wants to have the sister that he wants that's correct um where she's trying to be a reporter legit or whatever and they're at the press conference and the guy asks a question and he's like, why would you ever build another particle accelerator? Uh, and, and then Dr. Wells calls on her instead. And like, then she just says, you didn't answer his question. Like, and it was supposed to, I'm clear that it was supposed to be this, like showing how strong and smart and, and chutzpah and gutsy she is. And like, why it doesn't do that though if she just says you didn't answer his question like it like if i was a writer right i would have made it that occurs to me that the thing to do is to have her ask a more insightful and or more interesting question than he did if that's what we're trying to show yeah you know flash you know I mean? um i i seem to be the only one who likes arrow more than flash uh um and i almost quit on arrow a lot but i think arrow by season three got really 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 good Flash only really was bad for me if in the Gorilla Grodd episode. It's the only episode that I really, <laughs> really, really hated. Um, really? I uh, hated it. Hated. Hated it. Like everything about it. Um, oh, I, didn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't hate everything about it. I hated that episode. I like I almost bailed. And they do. You know, Gorilla Grodd comes back in season two. And I almost bailed that time. Too. Was it Gorilla Grodd that that you hated, or was it everything about the? Because like I felt like the acting, like I could see being like Gorilla Grodd's a little silly or whatever. It's not just that it was silly. I didn't like the way the episode was done. I didn't feel I didn't feel anything in the episode, and I think that's my problem with Flash. A lot of times I don't feel anything, and and the big and Kevin Smith has been going off forever about how emotional that the season finale of Flash was, how it made him cry. How can how can you not cry every time? That boy talks to his father. Either one and, of no, his fathers. No, that's that's, uh, and I love it's that his father. So, I love that, I mean, it, I love that his so father good. is played by the Flash from the nineties. That's amazing. Say that again. Did you watch the Flash in the nineties? No. You know there was a show called The Flash in the nineties, right? I I did not actually know that. Yeah, 
and the guy who played the Flash in that show plays mm-hmm. his father. Are you kidding? Nope. Oh, that's awesome. No wonder he's so great. Like, and Mark you, like, Hamill and Mark Hamill is in that show as the trickster. That's awesome. Can I and tell you back. how awesome that moment was for me, though? Because he's obviously being the Joker and he's using. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. He's being the trickster. Stop. He played, I'm not. I'm no. Hear me out. He played the trickster in that in that original Flash show. Uh huh. And he played it that way. And based on that performance, that's he got how he the, made Joker. the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's so clearly like aside from the laugh. It's awesome to see him get to be that. Like to get because yeah. it's like I, every time I've you know when I would watch, I watched all of Batman the animated series, and I loved the Joker, and he does such a good job. And it's like why did no one? Why has no one let Mark Hamill just do this character like in person? Like I feel I'm I feel like he could do it. Like it's clear to me that he could fucking do it. So and go so back in time on you. Go back on basically time do it was awesome. Look up, uh, look up Flash Trickster on YouTube. And you'll see <laughs> the old show with the old Flash and Mark Hamill. Um, That's fucking awesome. Mark, Mark Hamill in 1990s. We're talking like seven years after Return of the Jedi. He still kind of looks the same. Um, I'm sure. It's worth it's it's worth. Anyway, the uh, I just feel like Flash. Uh, the, the problem I had with the season finale, of Flash. Spoiler alert: is that uh, Flash has the opportunity to go back in time and do a thing, um, but in order to do it, he has to put everything at risk for an entire city for him to do this thing for himself and i absolutely and it, and he does go and try and do the thing for himself i won't say what, what the thing is or how it turns out but i absolutely disagree with this choice and i'm sitting there going what the fuck are you talking about you irresponsible little shit oh like, you disagree with him doing it yeah potentially and so and so when he did it i was so distracted by the fact like like you're such a selfish asshole like how could you <laughs> like how could you like like there's a city of millions of people with no idea who well, you it's are. not even just a city like let's be clear what what he's doing there's not just the potential of destroying the city it's there's a potential of destroying the entirety of the world but like, he's it begins sad. with the destruction of the city but he's sad and he wants to do a thing to make himself less and, sad and and like Let's not pretend like he's not giving like like in this particular circumstance without saying what it is um, that that in so doing it, he's not changing the, his world as it is right now. And it's not like it sucks. Right. And he's changing like it for a lot of other people, too. Yeah. Like, yes, there's there's something sad for him and it makes his life not perfect and not the best thing ever. But. He's got all of these wonderful and, things to be. And so that's for. and that's the thing. He's making such a selfish. Yeah, decision it, was, that, oh, that, it was bizarre to me as well that he made that choice. And I that nobody and that nobody is looking at him going, uh, Barry, dude, Barry, come on, dude, you're being an asshole right don't, now. Don't do that. I'm sorry. You're sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're sad, but you're being an asshole. You're being an asshole. You're going to kill everybody. Stop. <clears throat> and so, yes, yes, that was. ultimately. Yeah, I was a bit surprised by that. Um, that was so, not the choice I expected him to make. Season um, two is season two is better. Um, I almost bailed. It got it got kind of weak <clears throat> a few episodes ago, and then it got good again. Um, right now, everything is strong. Arrow is really strong right now. So so uh, quality spoiler alert for what's coming without actual spoiling anything. Uh, uh, Gotham gets way better um, after taking a bit of a dive at the beginning of season two then it goes up flash takes a dive and goes up arrow stays really strong the whole time there's now a spinoff called legend of uh, dc's legends of tomorrow i've seen the picture for this how does it work out that sarah's alive 
I don't want to. I it's it it. How matters. does that work? How's that work? I saw the post. Do you want me to tell like, you, or I'm do you like, want to find out? No, I'll find. I guess I'll find out. But I was like, were they just like we like her so much? We're just gonna figure this the fuck out. Like, no, no, no. Out. It's 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 a thing that I don't know if it comes out of the blue in the show. But if you read the comics, it absolutely one hundred percent and totally makes sense that that would happen. Um, and it has it has to do with something that you already know about that you've already seen. So yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's only one thing I can think of. What's that? Is, yeah, spoiler alert, I guess, for anybody who's not, you know, caught up to, like, season three um, of Arrow. Uh, the only thing I can think of is if she's been brought back from the dead by putting her in the, the pool. But, like, I don't know how that would happen. In the Lazarus pit? In the Lazarus pit? Yes. Interesting. That's an idea. Like... Um, but By the way, how why wouldn't this have Routh? done that Can I just right say, away? Before we get off, off off Arrow, how great is Brandon Routh as the Adam? Brandon Routh, amazing. <laughs> Can I tell you? So there's there there are little things, and this is in all in both the Flash and Arrow. But I think it actually happened in the Flash. Um, there are these really fun meta things that they do on that show that just makes my little geek heart happy. Things like when Brandon comes flying in for the first time, and they go. Is it a bird? It's a plane. Like, because uh, Brandon Routh, of course, played Superman. And Superman lost my shit. It was yeah. so great. I was like, I, guys, you guys. And and on the Flash, Cisco, Cisco is 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 easily my favorite. And and the actor does such great things. And there's a line where someone in season two says something to him that's really, really rude, like like hurtful, like really hurtful. And he just looks at him and goes, in and and this is the exact cadence. You're a dick <laughs> you know what he's the one that got the other one that really that i like had to rewind and cheer because i like cheered about it and like missed shit that happened afterward was when he goes bees why did it have to be bees uh, <laughs> like, yes it's a great time so so before we jump off uh before we jump off um on uh on... although can we can can we talk a little bit though in general of marvel and dc and the fact that like obviously adam is just such a ripoff of iron man that it's ridiculous Actually, Adam came before Iron Man, but that's okay. Oh, really? Yeah, See, I didn't know that. But the way the Adam so Iron looks Man's a is very much like Adam, Iron Man. But like better? Well, no. Iron Man's his own thing and Adam's his own thing. Adam is a lot more like Ant-Man in the comics, but then they made him a little more, look a little more like Iron Man, but his attitude is nothing like Iron Man. Oh, agreed. But he's a billionaire who's built a suit. Yes, and, like, and if that's uh, and, and Iron Man's wait, a giant ripoff of Batman, though Iron Man's a giant ripoff of Batman. Who so is? I mean, Iron Man. He's not a ripoff of Bat. Of he's Batman. a billion. He's a genius bil billionaire who builds gadgets, has no powers, and uses them to fight crime. He built a gadget. One, the suit. It's 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 all very derivative, derivative of, of each other i think of there's itself room for i it. suppose that's true yeah it's it's eating its own tail the whole time um <laughs> i would say, i just it, it's like the way that the suit looks the colors i was like couldn't you just made it one like made it just black or something instead of making it like this red and blue that like looks so iron man like like couldn't you just made some attempt to it. to make um, it look different that was my feeling and, and without going into details a, uh, agents of shield is also brilliant right now and jessica jones was also brilliant and daredevil was also brilliant and daredevil season two with the punisher as the bad guy 
is coming out like in a month. Doctor really? Who this season was brilliant. Have you heard the Doctor Who news? No. The showrunner of Doctor Who has quit. Whoa. He's going to, he's going to do this next season. There's going to be no Doctor Who in 2017 or, or in uh, 2016 except for the Christmas special. Then they're going to do a season, probably a short season um in 2017 in the spring, which will be the last one for the showrunner and the last one for Stephen Moffat and the last one for Peter Capaldi. And then they're both out. Whoa. Yeah. Now that's what? not that weird. That'll be P- Peter Capaldi's third year. David Tennant went 3, Matt Smith went 3. It's not you know, shocking that Peter Capaldi's going three. But Doctor Who is good. We're getting more Punisher. I just watched the first two episodes of The X Files. Um I, I really want to see that. I'm so I I I'm so bummed that I have to wait for Netflix to get it before I can see that. It had you might be able to see it on Fox.com. It might be worth looking. But it's it's it has not missed a beat. Um first see, first episode, I'm not saying anything about it. It's a little clunky. And then I listened to an interview with David Bar- oh, Dave Boreanaz, uh, David Duchovny, um, saying, uh, saying, saying, yeah, it takes a little bit to find your stride. And it's true that you can see that they're easing back in by the second episode. It's great. Um, and uh, I just finished Ash versus Evil Dead, too. Also great. And all the time now, I'm just going every episode. I'm going, I can't believe I'm fucking seeing this. I can't <laughs> believe I can't believe that literally I can go. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Gotham, Flash, Arrow, Doctor Who, X-Files, Ash. Like, it's all yeah, there. Yeah, there's so much good stuff. And there's still good movies, too. Like, I had not seen Ant-Man yet. And um, it was really, really good. So fun. I so much super, fun. super enjoyed it. And it was cool to see Peggy uh, in it. It was, and it was, um, can I, can we talk, though, a little bit just about the amazing feat of of like CGifying young Michael Douglas. Yeah. Michael Douglas. That's very is cool. Really well done. But you gotta keep this in mind. You know in uh in the second Captain America film where um where Peggy is old mm. um that old old age makeup is also CG. She wasn't wearing any makeup there. It was it was CG old age it was makeup. CG over her face. Yep. Because that's um, what, the, and oh, this wait, is the, the stuff. Way, did, did I fail to mention Peggy Carter is, in, is, is on season, on episode three now. There's uh, so much. There's so much. Yeah. Like, I There's just, so much. that's what you use the CG for. Like, that's a beautiful use of it. Like, to just, to take something and enhance in a way like that, that's, that's, that's subtle. Like, because it's not the same oh, as yeah. like creating something that's just not even there. And it well, fucking get- looked good. And it was great. And like, I was really by the end of the the Ant Man, like getting to see the 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 wasp uniform and everything. Ah, oh, it was so cool. I'm really jazzed for for the sequel to that. I think it so, would be good. So speaking of CG, because um, this will, will where we'll end. Uh, I was about to end, but I was like, oh, I said I would talk about this, so I will. There is, uh, and you got to look for it because it gets taken down from time to time. The sizzle reel that was submitted to the Oscars to show. Um, to show the special effects for uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens is out, um, and you can find it. Uh, it is a great watch. It's like seven minutes long, and it's a side-by-side. The right-hand side is completed shot, and on the left-hand side, it's what they shot. Um, and sometimes it's just showing, look, how great the CG is Like during the battle scenes flying in there, which really, I during those scenes, I never feel like the space battles feel CG. 
Oh, feel agreed. Real. Like the space stuff, real. the ship stuff, that stuff never bothered real. me. It's never they like feel, they uh, feel solid and real. But yeah. there's there's so much CG you don't even know is there. That's brilliant. There's like like Kylo Ren's mask sometimes is CG because they want to see his face to get the emotion of the scene, and then they put the mask on top of him. Um, the set completions that they do that are CG, the 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 places where where BB-8 is CG, the the that impressive shot where she's going down to the Star Destroyer from the beginning of the trailer. Yep, it's so amazing to see what it is. Is she's a basically up on a ladder, going down a rope in front of a green screen, and it's just a warehouse around her. Um, it's stunning. The, what the work they did both with CG and 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 the point of this thing is going this is CG this is a fully CG character this is a this is a puppet character this is an entirely puppet shot that you thought was CG that's all actually really happening in front of you here's a digital BB-8 but here's an actual BB-8 going over here here's like like it and the whole point of the of the reel that I realized at the end is that there are yes uh supreme leader snoke um, who I did not like that much, and then um, Nas, who is the who's the little yellow character, who I loved, who I adored. Yeah. Um, um, they're clearly CG characters, yes. but everywhere else, there's so much of it. <coughs> if you think you're seeing a puppet, you're probably seeing a CG, and if you think you're seeing CG, you're very likely seeing a puppet. It is so seamless between the two that it it is remarkable, and it's worth watching the video. I've watched it a couple times. It is. Just from a like, if you're interested in movie making, it yeah, all. no, I'll have to check it out because I like um, I definitely prefer the practicals. Like, and and I do believe there's like, and I and I felt for the most part that movie, like except for her character being totally CG and the guy, um, that she sold the stuff to, um, that I'm assuming he was CG. I don't think he was. Oh, nope, he was a puppet. He was a puppet. Totally a puppet, and he was Simon Pegg. Shut up. He was Simon Pegg, and he, he was, was a Simon Pegg. Well, and you have we already talked about who the stormtrooper is that that she convinced yes. to let her out of run? That's Daniel Craig. I noticed that. I did. I did. I was looking yeah. for it. Like I guess I was listening for it. Uh, and you can totally tell once in, you know that's him in the totally IMAX tell. 3D, which was fucking glorious for the record. Um, like that was truly like true IMAX. Yeah. Wow. I I want to see it there. I was going to do that last weekend too, but dude, I guess instead I made a fucking movie. That's How about that? True. How about that, bitches? How about that? <laughs> I took what was just footage and made it into a watchable film. Um, so that's it, guys. Uh, uh, Star Trek Six, Star Trek Generation, uh, DC Universe, talking about Marvel, Star Wars Sizzle Reel, talking about the snow, talking about dingy fucking hotel rooms. Talking uh, about Justin being a poopy McPooperson. We have Labyrinth, Gates McFadden, we have given you a ton of Trek off. So if you do me a favor, um, if you can just do a few things for us. All right, we gave you a free show. You just fucking listen to it. Don't, don't you turn us off. Don't do it. I can hear you. I can hear you <laughs> switching over. <laughs> Nerdist is a great show, and I listen to it too, but wait till we're done. Be nice. Wait listen, for it. Go on iTunes and just give us a five star. Please go on there. Um, and then uh, if you can just jump over and find the set. Oh, we haven't even talked about this. The second trailer. What do you think of the second trailer for Trek Off? Do you like it? Yeah. Fuck did it. Make yeah, it laugh? He did. I did indeed. It's so fun. So the second trailer for Trek Off is out. Um, so if you just uh, uh, do a YouTube search for uh, Trek Off the Motion Picture, the image that's on there says trailer two on it. Please watch it. Um, 
and please share it because people love it. And then, uh, and then, if you listen to Spotify at all, please just look up "We Are Nerds" and and listen to that a couple of times. That's the what is at the beginning, the end of the show. That's it. That's all I got. You got anything going on? Anything to promote? You better no, not, because you promise you're not doing any more shows until. Can I tell you, I did, and, and there was there's a fucking there was an audition notice for Noises Off, and you know how badly I want to do that fucking I know. show. And Mr. A was like, "You can't." You told Justin. I was like, "Yeah, we got." But what finish. if I just? What if, he's like, "You can't." I'm like, "No." Dare I say, dare I say, in the next few episodes, you might hear the words premiere date. Just saying. Just saying. There might be an opportunity to see We're getting you on a so big close. screen outside of Washington, D.C. Maybe in May, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. All right, my name is Justin. <laughs> my name's Alexia. Check off. Check off, bitches. So you just finished the episode and you're like, hey, that was fun. I'd like more Trek off to put in my ear hole to put into my brain part. Well, that's really easy. All you got to do is go to trekoffpodcast.com. There's over 100 hours of Trek off. It's free. Just go there, trekoffpodcast.com or search iTunes or whatever pod feed you use or trekoffpodcast.com. That's really easy. You can also like us on Facebook where you'll hear information about everything that we do. Like us there, especially hearing about trekoffmovie.com. That's our movie. We're making a movie based on this. The trailer's there. Links are there. Trekoffmovie.com. Trekoffpodcast.com. Thank you for listening and Trek Off. Okay, this is the last chance I got. Before you go on to whatever else you're going to do today, please check out We Are Nerds. Go on iTunes right now before the podcast ends and just get it. It's 99 cents or Amazon, whatever you use to get music. It really does help us. It's a really cool song. We Are Nerds. Get it now before you do anything else. I trust you. I know you're going to do it. Okay, thanks so much. Bye-bye. You got me again. Why do we like to see characters die and it's terrible? Crying at home, it's embarrassing. Every show is like dead, dead, dead. And the wedding is red like the beheading of Ned. Jenny Calendar, Tara, and Anya. And Fred, Tasha, Yar, Uncle Ben, and Gwen. Why is it then we tune in every week for bloodletting, upsetting the deading?